0: Earning is a financial technology company, not a bank, and subject to your available earnings, daily max, pay period max, and location. See earnin.com TOS for details. Bank products are issued by Evolve Bank & Trust, member FDIC. This is the Shameless Mom Academy, episode 809, with Ariel Danae Rainey. Show notes for this episode, including any links mentioned in the episode, can be found by going to shamelessmom.com and clicking on episode 809. <music> All right, let's dive into today's episode. Ariel Danae Rainey is a global creative strategist and urban family advocate whose work is inspired by her drive to galvanize moms and professionals to fight for change. She's also the mastermind behind the Hustle Mommies nonprofit organization and movement, where she has connected hundreds of mothers to careers, personal development, celebrity engagement, grants and scholarships, and a plethora of other resources. Under Ariel's leadership, the Hustle Mommies organization has won multiple prestigious awards and accolades, most notably from President Barack Obama and the Obama Foundation. Since the pandemic in 2020, the Hustle Mommies helped bury 16 children who have been affected by inner-city gun violence. This led to the creation of Paint the Hood Orange initiative, a campaign to support efforts to end hood trauma within Black urban neighborhoods, as well as the Task Force Against Gun Violence, which is now advocating for policy change surrounding gun violence. Hustle Mommies is currently planning the first ever Million Black Mom March taking place in May of 2024, where their current campaign is Black Maternal Needs Matter. And All Shameless Moms are invited to the very first ever Million Black Mom March in May of 2024. So listen in to hear about that. I really, really appreciated this conversation with Ariel. We covered so much. She's doing so much incredible work. She talks through just the state of being Black in America, Black motherhood in America. She talks through just the incredible amount of work that she's done and the initiatives that she has formed in order to support her community and to support other communities around her. On top of that, she talks about what everyone can do to be supportive and be and really demonstrate true allyship. So I love this conversation. And I just found it to be really, really helpful, really valuable. And I want to do anything I can to champion the work that Ariel is doing because it's so incredibly important, as well as the work that everyone else on her team is doing through Hustle Mommies. So listen in to hear Ariel share how being a teen mom of two inspired the work that she does today with her nonprofit Hustle Mommies, how government policy has destroyed safety across Black communities, the current state of Black motherhood in America, Why Hustle Mommies created the Urban Mom Collective National Coalition for Black Moms and how they are committed to policy change and why this is so critical and how this is so critical in the wake of extremely harmful groups like Moms for Liberty. I also talk about my own experience with Moms for Liberty on The Dr. Phil Show, which is a whole story in and of itself. She also shares her mission around Paint the Hood Orange and her task force against gun violence. She talks about how white women can show up in advocacy and activism with humility and graciousness to listen and learn before speaking and offering support. She shares how she recently ended up at the White House to share her work with Hustle Mommies. And then we dig into the Hustle Mommies Million Black Mom March in Washington, D.C. in April of 2024. And I hope that a whole bunch of you can be there. So this was a special conversation, a really important conversation and a conversation I'm so honored to be sharing with all of you. So with all that, please join me in welcoming Ariel Denae Rainey to the Shameless Mom Academy. Ariel, welcome to the Shameless Mom Academy. I'm so excited to have you here.
1: Yes, I'm super excited. You know, when I met you at Mom 2.0 Summit, I was like super impressed by your session and I'm just happy to, you know, come in your space and really talk about my journey and motherhood and how I'm a shameless mom.
0: Yes. Yes. And it's funny when we met, I didn't like you told me, I think what you do and, but it was just kind of this like light and gentle intro. And then I started snooping online and I was like, um, she didn't tell me all this <laughs> you know <what> you <laughs> so many amazing things. And then when you filled out our guest application for our guest form, I was, it was even more amazing things. So I've, I already, I'm ready for like every question I ask is going to have a many, many sub questions because I'm so excited to dig into all of it. So
1: Yes. Let's talk about it.
0: Let's talk about it. So let's start with where we always start with guests. And I would love to know a little bit more about the dynamics of your personal and professional life beyond your bio and what you're most excited about right now.
1: Well, you know, when it comes to me, I'm really excited about summertime. I'm a concert goer. I'm a hip hopper. You know, I'm a millennial mom because I had two kids by the time I was 19. So my kids are teens. I'm about to have a senior in high school and a sophomore pray for me because teens are a whole different type of beast. (laughs) Oh my God. But I'm excited about summer, you know, travel, you know, all that good stuff because the work that I do in the summer with my hustle mommies movement is a lot of passion and hard work and being on the ground and working in real vulnerable communities. And unfortunately, being in Chicago, I know that I'm going to deal with shootings and deaths. And actually, while we're recording this, one of my mompreneur council members who's a, a part of the Hustle Mom's team, nine-year-old nephew was shot and killed yeah, just so this sad. past weekend during Memorial Day. And a very close friend of mine, brother, was coming out of a party and he was shot. He actually died, but they were able to bring him back to life. And so now he's mentally messed up because he said, I felt myself die. And so I've been working this week prior to this interview, getting stuff together in terms of getting the resources, helping to fundraise for funerals, getting my team member's daughter therapy because her having an altercation with a young lady led to her nine-year-old cousin getting shot. Someone that was with the young lady pulled out a gun and he was 15. A 15-year-old pulled out a gun and started Mm -hmm. shooting into the crowd and killed her nephew. So it's a lot, you know, so with me, I make sure that there's a balance and that I am doing what I need to do as it relates to, you know, self-care and having a good time. And, you know, Erica Badu is going on tour. It's a 50 year year hip hop. So, you know, Rock the Bells, L4J tour. So I find a balance. That's what I pretty much yeah. do.
0: Yeah. My good friend, Thunmeet Sethi, who's an author here in Seattle, she just wrote a book called joy is my justice. And she talks about the significance and importance of joy as no matter how hard things are and finding joy in little ways and how it's not like, it's not because we're going to bypass the hard stuff and not acknowledge the hard stuff. And you just gave such a yeah. really powerful and horrific example that like really horrendous things are happening in the world. And it doesn't seem to yeah. be really better. It's like getting worse and worse and worse. And yet you're like, I'm going to go see Erica Badu. Like, I'm going to support the people in my community that I need to support. I'm going to do the work that I need to do boots on the ground and doing what I can do to make change and be an advocate for change and an activist for change. And also it's summer and I'm going to do what I do in the summertime. And I think that that's really commendable and important in order to keep going in the work that you're doing, because this is really big, heavy work.
1: Yeah. And I plan on frolicking with my kids and with my friends, I'm going to enjoy life because I found myself last year, actually, I went so hard on the activist side that I didn't take care of myself and I still had to show up for my kids. And so by the time the end of the year came, I was burnt out. Mm-hmm. So January, February, March was really for me. I went to four different, no, three different countries. Um, I was able to process what I wanted to do with Hustle mommy's the vision. And kind of uprooted it from there to kind of like go to the next level. So that's what I've really been focusing in on and how I was going to approach this because the work that I do is heavy working with Black moms. And we'll get more into that about what it means to be a urban family advocate and working with Black moms and the trauma within that and the harshness in that. But, you know, I had to make sure I take care of myself. And so this year, I'm a Chicago girl. So 2023, I proclaimed it as my Jordan year. This is a year for nothing but threes and three-peats and winning, and so... And so that's what it's really about. And I urge every mom out there, even beyond 2023, because next year is the COVID year, year 24. So we got to make sure that we're <laughs> we're going in. Oh my gosh, and I love the
0: themes, like all the reasons yes. to like show up and celebrate and do something good.
1: <laughs> yes. So you have to make sure that you take care of yourself because a lot of times we mom so hard that we forget that moms got a life too. So you'll see me at all the festivals in Chicago all the little events on traveling, going to see family in different parts of the country. I even plan on coming to Seattle because guess what? I am a Starbucks head. I have to go to the original Starbucks. Oh my and God, please
0: love- look me up when you come.
1: We have to. Yes. Move. And I love Rainy Brother. My last name is Rainy. So I need to come and have Starbucks <laughs> and be a high rise in a freaking um hotel and watch the rain. Okay. So yes. that's my little thing.
0: <laughs> oh my God. I'm dying. I love it so much. Can you talk about what inspired the creation of Hustle Mommies and what is it that Hustle Mommies does?
1: So as I stated, I was a former teen mom. I had two children by the time I was 19 and I come from a pretty good family. You know, my family, you know, compared to a lot of my peers who grew up in the urban inner city, we went to church. I didn't grow up with, with a lot of issues within my family, like my peers. And I didn't realize that I kind of was privileged in that sense until I got older, right? But growing up in the neighborhood, you know, you get influenced. And so I ended up having two kids by the time I was 19. And when I looked around, I did not see a lot of programs that was pushing for moms, especially young moms, to not be the stereotypical teen mom as what they try to push on us, you know, just mm-hmm. on, you know, getting assistance and just working a regular job. And so, I've always been a gifted student. I actually graduated high school a year early. So, when I graduated from high school at 17, I was pregnant with my son. So, and my son is now a senior, which is crazy. But I created it because when I went to LA, I was around different moms who were also like me, looking to wait, working in the entertainment industry. They either had their kids or they were like me and had their kids at home with their moms until they got situated. And we really didn't see support groups for us. So Hustle Mommies was created because I wanted to help moms who had hustle in them and who wanted more for them and their kids to have a support system and resources to lead in their homes, families, and communities, careers, and businesses. And so November 1st, 2012, when I first arrived in LA and had an opportunity to work with all these different um, celebrities and influencers, that's what I did. And so um, Hustle Mommies was born. I came back home because my now deceased grandma was sick. And when I came home to Chicago, it was like, whoa, it was a completely different city. It was gun violence, like everywhere. And, and I noticed the shift because Our grandparents, who were the central focus in our communities, were now dying out, as they call it, the silent generation. So we start seeing a shift in how our communities were structured or whatnot. And so we start doing more work with moms, and we really just start focusing in on what was needed. We created a Facebook group, and we end up getting 20,000 in two days. And now we're at 56,000 moms that are promoting their hustles and all that talking about their issues in their communities. And these are mostly like millennial and Gen X who think they're millennials. (laughs) 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 So we have a good time as a community, just talking about everything that's pertaining to black moms. And so during the George Floyd protest, we ended up getting into the gun violence piece, because unfortunately, as we were passing out diapers, wife to infamil and all that good stuff, we start experiencing kids dying here. So in the month of June 2020, we buried seven kids and they were all under 13 and uh, younger. So that's pretty much a small gist of and what is Fire Hustle Mommies.
0: I'm assuming this is all black children.
1: Yeah, black kids.
0: I mean, I think that piece is really important to say out loud for our listeners. Yes, it, yes, but, it was yeah.
1: Black children. And it was done by people in the community that were Black. And so, you know, I'm currently an MPPA student at Northwestern. That's my grads program. And I study policy because, you know, a lot of people look at what's happening in Black communities and they don't understand it. But as a person who studied policy, all of this came from different policies and infrastructures that were put in place that really destroyed our communities and our family structures. Even going back to like around Vietnam War, around that time when, you know, um, policies were in place or even when the Nixon years when private prisons came into play. So a lot of this has to do with policy, um, but our families in our communities are really, you know, experiencing a lot and it's really bad because where the kids are being killed, are where there's empty school buildings in Chicago. And you would think with us being a large city, we wouldn't have these many empty school buildings, but in the black and the Brown community, there are empty school buildings and where those empty school buildings are, you are going to see a high crime rate in that area.
0: Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. Cause I think that that piece is really important for people like me who are like white mom living in Seattle need to hear that. It's really, really important that we understand what this looks like across the board. Yeah. Can you talk about the current state of black motherhood in America?
1: Ooh, where do I start? So just <laughs> big oh, question. Sarah. Big question.
0: Take it away. Sarah,
1: oh my gosh. So the, here's the thing. I would like to say that motherhood across the board is hard as AF. Okay. Yep. It's not easy. We're still fighting for pay equity. We're still fighting for a lot of things as moms across the board, period. But as a black mom, there is even more layers to how hard it can be. So for us, I have a Black son. I'm afraid for him to go to college and for him not to be home with me because automatically him being a Black man, he's a target. And you know, you see the George Floyds and all these different situations. My son is honor student, an athlete and all that, but because he's a Black man, he's automatically seen as bad. So as a Black mom, we're afraid for our children. As a Black mom, we have, issues when it comes to our reproductive health. We have issues where we have to fight to advocate for us when it comes to maternal health issues, even maternal mental health issues. And on top of that, we're looking at our communities crumble where we're fighting to get more resources. So moms, for example, I have a mom that I work with. She was a dropout in high school. She didn't get past like 10th grade and she has a child now that's struggling that also has a behavioral issue. That's an example of how policies like No Child Left Behind left a lot of my peers behind and how now it's also affecting us now. So whether a mom is from the urban inner city or the ghetto, as they would call it, or a mom that's like me living in suburban Chicago, where the average property income, the property is worth like one to two million in my neighborhood, right? We're struggling because it's, it's very hard for us to have our voices heard. And no offense, uh, the reason why that is is that a lot of times when they put in and group us in and say, you know, we're helping moms of color or women of color, black women are always at the bottom of that pole. And it's really be difficult because we have our own specific needs that we need. And we ha- need like our trauma address. We have our own like mental health issues that's dealing with post-traumatic slave disorder, we have our issues that's dealing with my conceptual framework, hood trauma, where those of us that are from these neighborhoods, that's in the inner city, like Chicago, even Seattle. I've met a mom mm-hmm. who was talking about the violence in Seattle. I was yeah. like, you're supposed to be sleepless in Seattle and you guys are <laughs> shooting. Oh my yeah. goodness. Like, not yeah, my it's, favorite it's, it's been really
0: interesting over the last five or so years. It's shifted yeah, so, dramatically.
1: So yeah, so all these things are happening within our communities because of lack of investment. And not only that, years of systemic racism and and policies that have created barriers led to this moment. And so the mental health piece is important and economic stability and education. So the state of Black motherhood is we are trying to pull up our bootstraps and fight. And it's hard because a lot of times at the federal level, even at local levels, when you say but like we're black moms, we need stuff for our black communities. They look at it and say, "Well, what about everybody else?" And it's like we always have to carry other people. And it's not saying we don't care about anyone else, but we stand with everyone else. But we need our stuff too, and yeah. our stuff is more detrimental because we're burying babies, our men are going to jail, our kids are not getting adequate education, and we also are also not getting equality when it comes to us starting businesses. Because if you look at the stats, black women are launching businesses, but we don't have the access to capital like everyone else. I mean, that's women period, but black women, we really at the bottom. So we're dealing with a lot. And so the state of black motherhood is a little, I'm not gonna say broken, but it's unfair and it's hard as ever.
0: Understood Explains, and it will pop right up, click on it, pick your episode, and get the answers that you've been looking for and the support that you need around different learning differences and differences in school. This episode is supported by Mysteries About True Histories, a podcast for your kiddos. So from the creators of the hit podcast, Who Smarted, and Netflix's Brainchild, comes the adventurous world of mysteries about true histories, affectionately known as math. Every episode follows Max and Molly who have just been recruited into a secret order of problem solvers on an adventure through time packed with puzzles, hidden equations, history and laughs, making learning cool. This podcast is perfect for ages six and up and new episodes drop every Thursday, each stacked with so much laughter that your kiddos won't even realize how much they're learning. I love a show where as a parent, you're like, hey, let's listen or watch this or whatever. And your kids are thinking they're like getting extra device time or what have you. And you're like, they're learning right now. So it feels like such a big win. So I want you to go check out Mysteries About True Histories wherever you listen to podcasts. You can tune into Mysteries About True Histories with your kids. You can follow and listen on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts, wherever you're listening to this podcast. So go check out Mysteries About True Histories to listen in and have some fun with your kid while they learn today thank you so much for all that i think it's so important and i appreciate that you pointed this out but so important that we distinguish when we're looking to show up as allies and as advocates that if we want to be you know supportive and provide allyship towards communities of color and women of color and all that is great. But I think that we do, to your point, really need to acknowledge black women specifically. And if we look at who has the least power, the least resources, makes the least amount of money on the dollar. And when it comes to pay equity, it's black women. It's not just it's not a bucket of women of color or people of color. It really is black women. And you pointed yes. that out. And I think that that specificity makes a really big difference in terms of how we decide to, you know, create resources, fund resources and show up as allies as well. The work that you're doing. So when I started digging into the work that you're doing, I was like, I want to have an hour conversation about every single thing. There's like five things that I could have an hour conversation around. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so I was like picking and choosing. I was like, okay, this one, we're going to go with this one and this one. But I know that they're all connected in different ways, but I want to talk about the work that Hustle Mommies is doing in the Chicagoland area. To which led to the creation of the Urban Mom Collective National Coalition for Black Moms, where Black moms across the country are galvanized to change federal policies, to your point around policies, that are impacting Black families and communities. And so the coalition is currently planning the first ever this is so amazing. I'm so excited about this. The first ever million black mom March taking place in May of 2024, where the current campaign is black maternal needs matter. So can you talk more about the campaign and more about the million black mom March and also who's invited to the March?
1: Yes. First of all, anyone that is standing with black moms is invited to the March. We, this is a million black mom March, but we have allies. Like my board of directors for hustle mommies is composed of, white women and Latina, and they're all excited about this. So this is for anyone that understands that black moms need support and that stand with us and that stand with motherhood period. So it's not excluding anyone. So shameless moms pull up with us in DC next May, you know, yes. and that's what put it really on about. your calendar. I also love that. You're like, we're
0: talking like a year out. So people can be like, yeah, showing up for that. Cause I think a lot of times we hear about these things and we're like, well, it's next month. How do I get there? But yes. <laughs> a we're, year from now.
1: And we're officially announcing it in August because it takes nine months to give birth. So we are announcing in August that we're actually doing this march. And so that's mm-hmm. going to be really exciting. And so I'm excited about it. But so with Hustle Mommies, when we're doing this work, we have something called the Mompreneur Council, which is composed of mompreneurs who care about the community and who's advocating for things on the mompreneur spectrum, and so, but while doing this work, I was traveling. So I have a lot of family in Dallas. I used to live in LA, I'm always in DC and I meet moms that's doing work in the gun violence space, you know, cause we have paint the hood orange which is our gun violence awareness mm-hmm. initiative and we work with the Brady campaign or whatever. So I meet moms all over the place that are doing something similar to what I'm doing in hustle, hustle mommies in Chicago, who's also fighting for resources. And let me stop and say this. It is so hard as a Black woman that has a nonprofit to get funding. And I'm going to say this and be very honest with you guys, shameless moms. If I was a white woman that started, a white mom that started this organization, like Shannon Watts, who started Moms Demand Action, Mm -hmm. I would have millions of dollars already. But because I'm a Black woman, it's a Trust factor and it's also systemic racism. Mm-hmm. A lot of times, I've had this for ten years. I just really started getting funding maybe two years ago, and for real, for real, last year getting funding. So all nonprofit work is not equitable because yeah. they do not give us money like that. But Shannon, when she started Moms Demand Action, she created a—I think they're like a hundred billion worth. Don't quote me, but Moms Demand Action gets a lot of money. And so I just wanted to share that out. So when I talk to these other moms across the country that are Black, that has movements, such as my girl Tia Bell in D.C. that has the Trigger Project, the Mama Organization, that's with Miss Melinda Hamilton in Fort Worth area, or Activate STL with my girl Tierra, who's a part of Urban Mom Collective in uh, St. Louis, we are all talking about how the money part is difficult. And so coming together and starting this coalition is because we're uniting as black moms to fight for federal policies, but also to create a foundation where we can help moms, whether they have a nonprofit or they're activists to be able to fund their missions. Because if we can actually activate and fund moms and help them with what they're doing, then we'll be able to make the necessary change. And so that's what really the Urban Mom Flex, the National Coalition for Black Moms is about. It's about galvanizing us together because the resources is not really there for us. It's very, very hard. And so the reason why we're doing this Million Black Mom March is because I know you probably know what's going on with this parent bill of rights mumbo jumbo, okay? The parent's bill of rights, there's the Republican one, a Democratic one. Everybody's arguing And yet the moms and the kids that are in need the most are us that have kids in these inner cities, you know, Mm -hmm. the black and brown moms. So our march is really saying this is election year. Black women, we go to the polls. If you look at the Mm -hmm. stats, we voted the most for Hillary and we played a huge role with getting Biden and complimenting. Yes.
0: Yes. And thank you for that. Like this was not a white women win. This was, we benefit from it, but this was black women showing up and- like, I'm so grateful.
1: <laughs> yes. And the thing is, is that we showed up, but we're not part of these conversations and we're yeah. not getting the policies or anything for us pushed. So this march is doing an election year that said, hey, we come into the polls, but now y'all have to show up for us and our right. kids. And and you can't expect build on our backs, but not do anything for us because our kids are dying in these communities. You know, we still don't have equity and You're not showing up for us. We have to talk about it. So it's, as I say, it's like a come to Jesus moment for the government. Like, hey, let's have a conversation. We are here. We showed up and we're tired of you using us. And not only that, we're speaking out because our trauma is seen all over the internet. We've seen Philando Castile get shot and killed while his significant other and child was in the car. I would never recover from something like that. You know, we see all these different black people, black men and women get killed by the police. Then we turn around and see it in our inner city. Then we deal with the trauma as moms. Like I go to therapy all the time because as you can imagine, if I help to bury close to 20 people, Mm -hmm. I've been to funerals where I've seen the youngest person in the casket be an unborn five month old baby. So it's a lot for us. And so we just want Mm -hmm. more of, of us, you know, understood and felt, and that Mm -hmm. we are at the table as well, we have needs too. And not only that, Black women, we advocate for everyone. You Mm -hmm. know, so when we speak on the things that we need as Black mothers, we're speaking about all mothers, period. But our voices need to be heard in, in certain aspects because there are certain needs that we need from based on our cultural experiences as Black Americans that were descendants of slaves. And so I just wanted to speak on that because, you know, it's very difficult for us to have these conversations at times because people don't understand, you know, we show up to the polls, but we don't get nothing.
0: Yeah. Thank you for that. Everything that you're saying is so important. And I appreciate you sharing openly and candidly because only in hearing the truth can, I think white women see the importance and significance of showing up and also like how they can start to show up. And so I really appreciate that. And I appreciate that invitation for all women, all moms, all people um, to show up for the million black mom March.
1: Yes. You guys come on, bring your shameless tit and you know, (laughs) we're going to have all kinds of stuff. We're going to have pink lemonade. We're going to have a good time. It's really about It's really about, we're going to have a good time. It's going to be soulful. It's going to be beautiful, but it's not a bashing thing. So when people see Black people galvanized, they think it's anti-everybody else. And it's Mm. not that. It's us showing up as one, as united front. But we are also advocating. I work, one of my close allies here has Chicago Latino moms. But we both understand that our needs for as moms with our mom groups are completely, they're somewhat similar, but they're different.
0: Yeah, and, and we yeah. have
1: different traumas that are culturally connected, and that's why I think that it's important for us as Black moms to have our own spaces. Because when we are grouped in with others, it take away everyone's identity, and it's yeah. unfair. And then you know, because of systemic racism, if you say, "Hey, we have this program for moms of color," guess what? They will automatically go and and probably do two Black moms, but then go do ten. Latino moms, because they more adjacent to they have white proximity, so that, mm-hmm. that's what they'll do. Yeah. So we yeah. have to make sure that we are calling this out of uh, the systemic racism, and we're saying, hey, we're black moms, we're Latina moms, we have different needs, and support us in our causes, and don't make us feel like that we have to group together in certain instances. Certain times we can, but for the needs of right now, because they're urgent, we have to address our cultural needs. That's all I'm yeah. saying.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I want to ask a question that I think might be on a lot of listeners' minds, because this is a question that I come up against frequently when I look at work that's like, you know, in advocacy and activism. When there's spaces created specifically for Black women, I always am conflicted where I'm like, well, I don't want to like go intrude and assume that like <laughs> they want me there. But I also want to like show up and be like, I want to support whatever it is you're doing. And yeah. I want to be here as an ally. And so, can you speak a little bit to like, I love the point that you made that like, you're like the work that we're doing is for everyone. And that like the March, isn't just for black moms. It's for anyone who wants to come and be supportive. But I also, I know that there's spaces where you're like, this is our like only space that we have. And please don't come in <laughs> or I'm imagining there's that, like I would, I'm just imagining whenever you're part of a marginalized experience, like I've had that with mental health stuff where I'm like this is can of like, this just be for like mom, women like me who have like massive anxiety and like, I've had it since they're really little and they've been actually diagnosed and like, not just like anyone who's had a bad day, you
1: know? Yeah. Like you're doing too much. I get that. And no, no. So this is the thing. There are moments where there might be like, we have support groups and things like that, that will be for just in particular for black moms, you know, like that. But you know, when it comes to this work. And support, like I said, I have a lot of moms who are white, who are allies. So one of my board members is the COO of Edelman PR firm. She lives in the burbs. She's a top C-suite executive. And she just said, I just want to support. I see what's going on. And I have a heart for this. And I want to understand how I can support. I know I'm a white woman, but what can I do? And so I educate her and my other board member on the community and what's happening. And what they do is they help with, you know, either bringing resources, funds, bringing to people attention, and that's pretty much what they necessarily do. Mm -hmm. So it's really about learning, coming in without everything that you thought, you have to come in with that stripped. And also understand that by being white, you naturally have a privilege and an experience and a lens and perspective and a bias that was taught to you because you're a white that was natural. And it's okay, we all have our biases, but I think that a lot of times what happened is, and one of my other good friends, she's actually white and she married a black man. So she had to understand her bias and you know, she was like, oh my God, this is like so insane. But you know, <laughs> yes, yeah, she calls me all the time. Like, I didn't know, this is <laughs> And you know, her baby is now the same age as my son, 17. And she, I remember when they were younger, He asked her, am I black or am I white? She said, I'm your person. I said, you have to tell him he's black and white. Mm -hmm. I'm like, you have to help him to embrace both sides of who he is. She's Mm -hmm. like, well, I don't know what to do. So it's like one of those things where you have to just come in as a clean slate, just like, hey, and listen to the experience about what is going on and see how you can support that based on our experience and not what you think our experience is, if that makes sense.
0: Totally. And what I hear you saying is coming in with humility and a level of graciousness to like be invited in, but also coming in really open to listen and learn primarily like listening and learning more than speaking. Sometimes when you're a white woman who's an activist or advocate or ally, you want to come in with like all your ideas. <laughs> and. But Mm -hmm. if you can listen first and learn first and be quiet around that, I think that then to your point, then you can see exactly like, okay, where do my unique gifts or skills or what can I bring to the table that can be supportive versus me
1: showing up and like being like, here's what I'm here for. (laughs) Yeah. Like that's exactly what it is, you know, showing up and just being like, you know, I'm here to help learn and I'm here to really just be a resource. And that's something that is really powerful. We show up in those spaces because honestly, you know, we have trust issues a lot of times with our white allies and counterparts, because here in Chicago in particular, yeah. there are people who are Caucasian that will start a nonprofit and go inside the hood and get millions of dollars. Mm. I'm talking about millions of dollars to do programming that's not even connected to the community. So you'll mm. have a yoga class. You'll do a community garden. You know, you'll have someone come play the bango on the block and people are looking like, what are you doing? But instead of having that cultural experience to where you're hiring the community, you're connecting with them, you're doing all these different things, they're not really doing that. And so we've, as community leaders, been pushing those people out Mm -hmm. and saying, hey, if you guys are going to give millions of dollars to someone, give it to the community that's on the ground. So for example, Paint the Hood Orange is our awareness initiative for gun violence in Chicago. We have block parties that are aimed towards that. And we host 10 of them in Chicago throughout the different neighborhoods in the Black community. Where do you go to the most dangerous locations you could possibly think of in Chicago and host block parties? We Mm -hmm. have the police out, we have security. And the locations are so dangerous that I have event insurance just in case there's a shooting and something happened that we're covered.
0: Yeah, wow. And
1: so- I don't get millions of dollars for that. I mean, I get a nice corporate partners, you know, shout out to Nike and Walmart and Amazon. But I don't get, you know, like the millions of dollars in government funding for that. But there are people who get this type of money and they're afraid to come in a neighborhood and connect. So that's why I said it's best when you come into these spaces, whether it's, the black community, brown community, heck, even the Asian community. Come in with an open mind to learn because our cultural experiences and our cultural traumas are completely different. And we want people to listen and learn. And I had to learn that even when I start, I'm an ally of Latino moms because, you know, them dealing with immigration, all the things that they dealt with, yeah. you know, I go in with uh, asking questions and with an open mind to truly understand you know, because I had an opinion, but my opinion didn't matter if I don't understand the actual context of it. So always just go in with open mind and ask questions and learn and, and see where you've been in to be a true ally.
0: Absolutely are specifically designed to combat chemicals like PFAS, I swear it's like, Vinny was having a toe skin irritation issue. And he ended up having this like skin that was really irritating him. And it was getting kind of like icky. And you know, like when kids start to get like little scabs and scratches, and then they want to pick at it and it was getting worse. And so Active Skin Repair showed up on my doorstep as a result of the sponsorship. And I got to put it to use immediately. And I got the ointment formula or the like ointment formulation, and then also the spray. And the spray was perfect. So Vinny does not like ointmenty, creamy, lotiony things on his body. But I was able to get out the spray, literally took it out of the packaging the day it arrived, put it on his toe before he went to bed. And the next morning, he was like, mom So Instagram told me that you recently went to the white house. <laughs> <laughs> <Instagram>. <laughs> so it was like, right after we met at mom 2.0 and yes, I love, you, and, I love you were, and like, literally the next day, I think I'm like, wait, she's at the white. I'm like, how is she at the, what, what <laughs> like we, were to,
1: we were in Arizona
0: like an hour ago. And now you're at the yes. white house. So tell us about the white house. How did you get there? Like what happened? So,
1: okay. So first of all, mom 2.0 was already on my schedule. And then I get a call, like, we need you at the white house on this day or whatever. And so I was like, okay, so did you even I, think that
0: call was for, like, I would be like, who is punking me right now?
1: So I actually worked with a strategist. a consultant who's actually a mom that used to work for VP Kamala Harris. And she stopped nice. working with her and became a strategist because she said that working for the VP in the white house would have been too taxing. And she had a baby, so our mm. baby's now three. And, you know, so shout out to Yasmin, my strategist. But she left her job at the White House of transitioning there to work as a strategist so she could be a mom. So mm. instantly I knew that she was going to be the best person to work for our yes. movements because she got it. You know, as moms, we have to make changes for our kids. And so she called me and said, hey, so I need you here Tuesday and meet me at the Starbucks at eight o'clock. I'm like, for what? Oh, we're going to the White House just to talk about investing in America's families, what Kamala's team, and you know, they need to hear about Black mom work and what's going on. So I was like, oh, okay. I was supposed to be a mom 2.0, but I'll leave that Monday. And so I ended up leaving that Monday and I went there. There was other mom groups there, but guess what? There was a nice amount of Black families that were there, but they weren't really speaking out on the issues like that. So myself and the two other moms that came with my strategist, we chewed them out, honey. Okay, we told them the truth. I said, look, you guys got to have more parents at the table from the U.S. Department of Education. The White House need a parent council. We need to have real involvement because this prehistoric way of how you're running this country where parents' voices not at the table and a diverse experience is really causing issues with this country and wasn't happening. And, you know, I was speaking on how you know, the work that's happening in Chicago, how moms are advocating for better gun pra- practices and gun laws and just all the stuff we're doing in education and just really talking about parent power and how who is the best person to tell what this country needs. But then a mom, yeah, you know, or a dad even. So that's what we really were talking about. And so we end up having some good meetings with other stakeholders while that were there. And so now we have a few things that we're working on. Um, that we're proposing. And it just really was amazing. But I think that what people have to understand, you know, I am moderate in my view. So I'm not either Democratic or Republican because I care about policy. You know, Mm -hmm. what policy makes sense for for Black families, importantly, because sometimes these policies, I'm like, this is going to completely destroy us. Mm -hmm. But what makes sense for families across the board? And a lot of these policies are really just designed for those who are more on the wealthier side to win. Mm -hmm. And it's not nothing that's for middle America. And what is middle-class America? That's almost like non-existent, right? Mm -hmm. So we have to really talk about how we can get policies that really truly impact parents and families. And what's happening right now in the next year, and if you start paying attention, there's groups like Moms of Liberty that's heavily backed by the Republicans. Oh my God, look at her face. (laughs)
0: Oh, well, I actually went on the Dr. Phil show to talk about CRT in schools. And I got to be on a panel with three moms who are part of Moms for Liberty. And that was an experience I'll never forget. I mean, horrendous.
1: And the thing is, critical race theory was started by a law professor, a black man, and it was pushed by Kimberly Crenshaw, who's one of my sheroes who created intersectionality. And so it's basically just talking about a framework about how critical race theory can really help you understand racism from an academic lens and Mm -hmm. really teach things from a different perspective. But people are thinking that you're teaching your kids. I don't understand their argument. I'm sorry. They think
0: that, so their argument, and they have a few, the two that really stood out to me was that they're, that they believe that we're teaching white children to feel guilty about being white that we're also teaching black children that they are less than and that they also believe that because oprah exists and because barack obama became president that black people already obviously have access to everything and can do what like can reach all their dreams.
1: Did you sit on that panel, Sarah? Oprah. Oh my god, it was
0: <laughs> there was eight of us and there was four people for and four against and it was wild. Like <laughs>
1: It was unreal.
0: Actually, no, there was five against and three. And I don't know, but it was like the weirdest. I wouldn't have been thing.
1: able to bid on that panel, oh. oh, Sarah. They it would was, have had to it, yeah. me off. <laughs>
0: Well, shout out to my good friend, Laura Cathcart Robbins, who was, so she invited me. She's a black mom. She lives in LA. She said, she texted me like two days before this. She said, Hey, do you want to go be on the Dr. Phil show with me? Which of course I'm like, um, yes, <laughs> but I'm like, also like I had to Google the Dr. Phil show to be like, what's happening on the Dr. Phil show right now? Because is this even like a safe place to show up? Um, but then she <laughs> said, I said, well, why do you want me to come? She's like, we literally can't find a white mom who is in support of CRT. And so would you want wow. to, they yeah, they're like, can we, we'll, they'll fly you down tonight. So then there was a teacher on and she was like, she got the same call very last minute. Cause they were like, we couldn't find a teacher that was in support of this. So it was really, really interesting. I will say I was very nervous that Dr. Phil was going to take the anti CRT stance and be very aligned with these mom demand action. Really? people, And he was, he did not, he was like, right in the middle and act <clears throat> neutral in his questions but there was definitely a few times where like he looked at those of us who were on the pro side and we got some eye rolls like the moms demand action people would be talking and he would just look moms over of at liberty. Us, like- moms of or, liberty sorry sorry i'm sorry moms of liberty and uh yeah he would just like look over at us with like this eye roll like are they even serious right now
1: <laughs> did they just say that we're like yeah they just said that yeah so it was so yeah it- it's really insane and so they got millions of dollars behind them mm-hmm. right And they're popping up in every city. They're popping up in every city. Mm -hmm. And we, as you know, moms, that's why the Urban Mom Collective National Coalition for Black Moms exists, because we have to show up. And even now, you know, we're also a part of another coalition that is empowering moms of color in public policy, which is something that my strategists have. And so we have a group of moms that are Native, Black, and Latino that's coming together, that's fighting for um, some same, the same things because we have to combat this because CRT is not teaching white kids that they're bad. It's teaching them about racism and about race from a different set of lens. Right. And not only that, it's Pride Month. You know, we're doing this in June, you guys. So today is June 1. They don't want to even talk about the activism of the LGBTQIA plus community. Harvey Milk is the goal. I look up Mm to Harvey Milk and the work that he did, you know, the Stonewall riots, Mm -hmm. you know, Marsha P, all those different individuals. And my kid's auntie is a proud transgender woman that's doing great work in Chicago for helping kids who've been put out, who are going to prostitution and all that. She created a home for them and everything. There's activism that's there. There's so much you can learn from different subcultures Mm -hmm. that, you know, we don't even realize. And so to push that away and then I hate the whole gay agenda or whatever the case may be like, your kid is going to make a decision on who they want to be based on who they already are. And it's like, it's so insane. So for me, it's so important for us because moms of Liberty is popping up everywhere. We have to, as moms, you know, to come forth and say, Hey, We have to combat some of this stuff because they don't realize the stuff that they say is racist and classes as hell. Mm -hmm. And that's what's really disturbing. It's like you don't realize that you're saying something that is really insane. And because Obama and Oprah exist, you feel like we don't need CRT. So, you know what they had to do to get there?
0: Yeah, the elitism. And I think this part is like really missing in so many of these conversations. The classism and elitism that are behind so many ideas, thoughts, and opinions of people who are not supportive of any marginalized group or any underrepresented or any commonly excluded group. I think we have to talk about the classism and the, the elitism because the people that have these really harmful, dangerous opinions that are literally killing our children, they are not the people that are most impacted, but yet they have all this power and Mm -hmm. their voice I'm saying in air quotes matters more like their voice counts more. Their voice is heard more, especially at the policy level. It's the money. It's money. It's It's totally the money. Yeah. It's totally the money. Well, you in
1: politics, money gets you in the room. Money is what happens. And so even with urban mom collective, I'm on a fight now to raise funding now because we need funding to advocate for proper things. It's for us to get things. Because if you look at moms of Liberty, The people who fund them, like, what's his name? what the governor of Florida. He just announced he's running Uh, for president. DeSantis, yeah. DeSantis, yes. He's getting ready. Moms of Liberty are headquartered there. They're going to be his...
0: I'm sure they're all in... I'm sure they just love him to bits.
1: Oh my gosh. They're like going to be his anchor. They're going to be his true anchor in this fight to make it happen. So even with Urban Mom Collective, because Black women vote, you know, it's so important for us to do this march and for us to get behind those that are really going to make a difference in terms of, you know, what's happening, which is why we say Black maternal needs matter because Black maternal needs matter because when the maternal health of Black moms is addressed fully and we win that fight, whether it's from economic to reproductive health, whether it's from education, us, when we win that, everybody wins. Right. And and it's not saying that, you know, other, that's why I said, it's not just for us, us fighting uh, puts everybody else in the light because Mm -hmm. when we're going saying, we're fighting for this because we need it. And if you address it for us, we need everybody else covered too, you know, and that's the real fight with it. And so when you look at girls, of moms of Liberty, they're all for the people who have money and everybody Mm -hmm. don't have money in this world. Yeah. Yeah. You know, they're not thinking about the middle-class either. And so Some of their members are like middle-class moms. And I'm like, they don't even care about you. They're using you to make you feel like you're a part of them, but you're not. Mm -hmm. Right. And so it's really difficult in that aspect. But I don't know how you were able to sit there with Dr. Phil (laughs) and deal with that, Sarah. Like I would have had to have a cocktail afterwards.
0: Uh, Oh, I'm pretty sure I did. I got on a plane right after to come home, but I'm pretty sure I had a drink on the (laughs) plane. I mean, I was really in disbelief. Like I had to, I remember on the plane, like replaying it in my head. Like they said that really, like, am I missing what, how?
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yes. But the thing is, they, I think that, and this is me being honest, a lot of white America do not want the truth about racism and classism and elitism to come out. And how, if you look at just 60, 70 years ago, when my grandmother was alive and a kid, how White Americans were able to thrive because of that.
0: Yeah. So, yeah.
1: and then I think they don't want to look at how that happened, you know. Or even me staying in the White House, you know, is offensive. That as a Black American woman who did her ancestry, and I know that a slave named Temperance had a baby called Maryland Newborn. So I started my family started in the DMV area. So it's a possibility mm. that we are one of the, my one of my relatives helped build the White House. So it's upsetting mm-hmm. that we don't have policies and we help to build the country. And yeah. so and that's something that we have to look at the policies and all that stuff. But I really think that we as moms, not just black moms, but as moms, we have to start combating a lot of this bullshit that's out here. that's really, you know, destroying our communities. Cause I want to learn my kids to learn about Harvey Milk. We watched the movie together. Mm-hmm. My kids have no hatred in their bones. My kids have, friends from different experiences. My daughter, France is diverse because I told her you love people based on who they are, but you also show up as your black true self to where they can also understand your experiences. So I think that critical race theory is something that can do that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I think like if you want to make change, you have to be willing to learn the truth about how this country was built. And then also like take responsibility for, with what you're going to do with that information once you know it, because that's like the second part that I think is like, well, if we just turn a blind eye, then we don't have to know
1: how bad it is. Or and I'll say, well, that was the, and that was the past. No, don't say that. Don't mm-hmm. just say, oh, that was back then. And we're not going to talk about that no more. Like what?
0: Yeah. Oh my goodness, Ariel. Like I said, I wanted to talk to you about like 85 things and we've talked <laughs> to like four or five. <laughs>
1: so we yeah, made was- some
0: headway. This has been an absolutely incredible conversation. I'm so grateful that you took the time to be here today on the Shameless Mom Academy. I'm so incredibly grateful for the work that you're doing. I know there's going to be moms who are listening who want to know how they can support the mission of Hustle Mommies and the Urban yes. Mom Collective and keep getting updates about the um, Million Black Mom March. So, can you tell people where they can find you and how they can support all the things that you're doing?
1: Yes, yes. So, visit Hustle Mommies dot org so dot org and you can find out all about our programs and what we have going on um there sign up to be a volunteer to keep in contact or even go donate you know donate to support a mom each donation impacts a black mom's lives here in chicago so go ahead and support there you can also check out our work that we're doing with paint the hood orange on our website so it's the same thing hustlemommies.org forward slash P-T-H-O. And you can see all the work we're doing with gun violence awareness and some of the families that we're impacting the stuff there as well. Urban Mom Collective, you can visit urbanmomcollective.org and you can learn more about our work and our coalition and sign up for updates with us as well. And then last but not least, because when this podcast episode air, we will have Million Black Mom March dot org launch. And so you guys will be able to log on, sign up and get information about that as well. And it's going to be an amazing time. You guys, like this is a black mom, March, but moms come out with us, you know, come out with your signs, come out with your kids. This is going to be historic. And I would like to shout out Donna Dees, who was the creator of the million mom March in 2000, who is my advisor for this. So she is (gasps) like Amazing. Yes. So Donna Dees is like my mentor and advisor, and I wasn't going to do it. And she said, no, you're going to do this March. Like this is needed. And she's also a huge gun violence and social justice advocate in Louisiana. And if you know anything about Louisiana, when it comes to equity and fighting for black people, Mm -hmm. she's a white woman that's doing it. You know that it's not an easy feat. So shout out to her because she's like an amazing ally. When you think of ally, for Black moms, that she is that. And so she's our advisor, and she did the march 20 years ago. And also, shout out to Sheikah Hamilton from the Brady Campaign, who's also supporting us with our gun violence initiatives.
0: Oh, my gosh. Oh, I have goosebumps. I'm so excited for everything that you're doing. And Yes. So
1: and all oh, uh, that's really, I got to say something. And I am a shameless mom, honey. I have no shame in me sometimes needing to take my wine and sit back <laughs> And watching Netflix and watching Bridgerton over and over again because I <laughs> love that show and having a good time. Listen, no shame in my mommyhood.
0: I love it. And you took the last question right out of my mouth. I was going to say, how are you currently showing up as a Shameless Mom? You're kicking back with a glass of wine, watching Bridgerton. Which yes, I, love. I am. from <laughs> <Amazing>. Cooper's hot. <laughs> <Hawk. laughs> um, amazing. Um, I want to point out one thing or ask one clarifying question. So yeah. I'm going to link everything that you just said in the show notes, so people can go to shamelessmom.com and click on the episode with. Ariel Danae Rainey and get all the links right to everything that you mentioned. Yes. Do you with donations? And this is something that I do with a lot of organizations. And I think it's an easy, like a simple way for moms to be able to, or families to be able to give kind of no matter what level they're able to give at. Do you accept mm-hmm. like monthly donations of various sizes where you can just set it up on auto? Yes. Yes, okay. yes.
1: So we do have our monthly membership that's actually launching this month. So we will be um, having that on the site as well. So guys, you could click on there. You could donate one time, or you can do your monthly donation and become a, what we call hustle mommy champion.
0: Oh, I love it. So people can go in and then that way you can donate rather than a lump sum, you can donate like 20 bucks a month or 50 bucks a month or a hundred or a thousand, whatever like works for you that feels good over time. Um, I've done that with a lot of organizations where I'm like, I know I want to be giving to this organization long-term. I don't have like maybe the funding to do a big upfront chunk. But if I put this dollar amount in and do that for a few years, like that's money. that. Yes, really we definitely
1: have that. So we definitely yeah. have that. So you guys can do that because we have our champions and we have people that do that now. So it's really a, a good thing. And like I said, you guys are supporting black moms that are really in need of mental health. You know, can you imagine having to lose your nine-year-old to gun violence? Like I'm like, when I get off this, meeting this um, interview with you, I have to go and support this mom with a therapist, you know. So my work is never done. I'm always in a community meeting. I'm always helping a mom, you know, and that's what it's about.
0: I love it. Thank you. And people can do donations at hustlemommies.org. Is that right? Yep. Go on the website. Perfect. Perfect. Okay. So I have everything linked up in the show notes. Oh, Ariel, this has been incredible. This has been amazing. Oh my God. I love love shameless mom. This is so good. Well, we love you. And now you're one of us. (laughs) Yes, You were a shameless mom, but now it's official. Like now it's shameless mom in caps.
1: (laughs) Yes. Shameless.
0: Uh, Yeah. Thank you so much for being here. The show
1: Shameless was shot in Chicago. So it's all like in alignment.
0: I love the show. (laughs) I love that show. Thank yes. you so much for being here. Please keep us posted as you're digging into new ways to support black moms and black communities. And if there's any way that we can support you or bring you back on the show to talk about a new initiative, please let me know. Cause I would love to support your work in any way we can.
1: Yes. We got to come back and talk about the million black mom March. So we'll, we'll do that. I'm putting it on my calendar because I would yes.
0: really love to be there. I have to see what my speaking schedule is around that time, but I, it's like, major mental note here to see if I can do that because that would be yes
1: we would I'm definitely going to see you some stuff but I'm super excited this is awesome Sarah thank you yeah yeah yeah
0: okay thank you so much for being here Ariel thank you thank you so much for joining me in the shameless mom academy today I really really appreciate you being here and I hope you learned something new as always this conversation will be continued